Napa know-how. There are lots of amazing cars on the road, but perhaps none more amazing than the paid-off car. It may not be pretty, but the price is right. Heck, if you keep that thing running, it'll actually start paying you. Because with Napa Rewards, for every $100 you spend, you'll get $5 off. So keep your car running longer, stronger with Napa Rewards and watch the savings start rolling in. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day, whenever you need it. This is the post-lottery uh, show. I'm joined by David Walker and our good friend Nada Edwards. Nada, David and I were just talking about this. Is this like your year anniversary? I don't have an exact date, but I feel like it was a year ago so. around this time so. that you started to join us. Well, welcome in, my friend. I, I, I believe it is. It's, it's, been, it's been an interesting year. Interesting year. <laughs> I, I think I think we predicted like we went into this whole draft analysis and ended up trading it from Marco Bellinelli. Fun times, fun times. Interesting and an interesting draft lottery. Of course, the Hornets will select 11th in the 2017 NBA draft. Charlotte went into the lottery with just a 0.8 percent chance at the number one pick and a 2.9 percent chance at a top three pick. So. Uh, obviously, we wanted. I think a lot, a lot of fans wanted that top three pick. It was it was a pretty long shot. They end up with the eleventh pick, but still a lot of talent right at that eleventh slot. There, I would say theoretically, that, yeah, I would say so. I don't think there's that much. I don't know. For me, I think you can get what you need. It's like it, again, it's like the Rolling Stones. You can't always get what you want, but you need to get what you need on this one. <laughs> but it, and, it does. It, yeah, it does feel like they're they're still like right on the outside of the difference makers. I mean, depending on how it falls, right? Depending on what mock you look at, it it feels like like nine, ten. If it falls that way, they're still. It seems like they always end up right on the edge of a difference making player. That's and that, true. That, that 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 that's where it hurts a lot, unfortunately. And, and it doesn't matter whether it was the. It doesn't matter whether they pick second, fourth, ninth. It just seems Second. like, Second. yeah. I mean, they just they are they are right out it's that too. They are right outside of that. They're always on that bubble of players that are are just surefire impact players, as surefire as you can be in the NBA draft. Well, let's talk about the options. So the options are uh, the Hornets keep the pick and they select someone at eleven. They can trade back or they can trade up. Those are the three options other than maybe forget the, to make the pick. They just get really like involved in finishing master of none and they just forget to make the pick. But let's talk- trade out two years in a row, right? Right. So what do we think is the most likely at this point with their current situation being what it is, the salary cap and, and their current contracts? What's the most likely situation for the Charlotte Hornets? Keep the pick, trade back or trade up? It scares me to say this. It really does. I think they trade out. I'm starting really? to like they trade out Back because for for picks or players are players they, are they shoots they are, are they shoots or ladders are they trading up or are they trading back? I think they're trading out of the draft. I think they're oh, going to find completely. Yeah, wow. because when you start thinking about the the names that are probably going to be coming in here, Luke Kennard, 
uh, again, I, again, before we even talked about this, John Collins was a favorite of mine. And then I found out he's six, eight. So that can't work. <laughs> yes. Uh, after this, after our text exchange yesterday, you, yes. After you, you just now found out <laughs> he's six, eight. He's six. Yeah. Hashtag research. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, you, so Nadi, you think trade out completely, uh, David? What do you think? Well, I, I want to think about that for a second because that would be two years in a row. I mean, if that happened, you don't see that often. I, I don't think. I mean, I don't think the Hornets have ever traded out. But what do you guys think about just giving up two draft picks two years? I mean, a draft pick two years in a row. I could see it if Rich Cho were extended. You know, if he mm-hmm. had he, if he had a little bit more of a leash. But I feel like at this point. Uh, he, he, I think he has to make something happen in this draft, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's, and I think yeah. that's the thing. Like you, you're gonna have to get out of the middling side of it, and what better way to bring in a quasi impact player than than trading out of the draft and getting an established guy here? If because, if if that's a va- well, you know, so you yeah, you make the counterpoint, which is that uh, Rich Cho only having one year. They, you know, theoretically that he would not, you know, maybe want to take a chance on a project guy or a guy that needs two, three years. They want to win now. So that could very well play into it. And also, but David, you, you brought up a point last night, which was, would anybody be willing to give anything up for the 11th pick? Because it is outside of that bubble of impact players. Yeah. I mean, maybe you could even talk about packaging or something else, right. To offload some of these less than desirable contracts. I mean, I guess that would be an option. I, I think my feeling right now is they'll make the pick um, just because of the variables with the other options and the dance partners that they'll have to find. Um, it just it seems like a lot of moving parts. And I do think you don't want to go too many years without adding something through the draft. At some point, they've got to be able to add you know, I don't know if they'll be, get, be able to get an impact player this year, you know, uh, right away. It's like all these guys coming out. I mean, it doesn't matter who where you pick almost it's like they all need like three years before you really know what they are. But um, I don't know. I, I just have I, right now. I think though they're going to stick there and make that pick. I just think it's uh, you know, they won't have the options that they like enough. I, I will throw one caveat into the trade out scenario. If marketing is there, you have to take him. Lowry marketing, marketing, the hot shooting power forward from Arizona, as some have called him the best shooter in this draft, not even mm. just the best big man shooter, just the best shooter in general. Uh, what do you like in Lowry marketing? I like, I like the fact that he's basically Frank. He's better. He's going to be better than Frank. If not in one season, definitely in two. he's younger. More importantly, I just the fundamentals, the shooting, the quick release, one of the best releases I've seen in a couple of years, quite honestly. And on top of that, the, the fundamentals, the ability his ball handling skills for a seven footer, his ability to get open, the way he moves off screens, the way he sets screens, pick and pop game. I, I like what he can bring to this. I, I, I like what he can bring. And more importantly, this team needs to take a swing at a star. And if this guy can be a star, if, despite the fact that he may fall, I think he can be the type of guy that may set this team up for success long-term in the future. I like a guy like Markin. You, you have to take a swing. It's at, at the worst for 
a guy with marketing, he can be Noah Vonley and you trade him for an established star a year or two down the line. And, and, it doesn't work. and David, if they select Lowry marketing, that would definitely be taking a swing at a star because of all of the top 15 guys that I look at, I think he's the worst fit for the current Hornets roster because he doubles up on the position that Frank is in. So you know, there'll be some questions about that, but also he really struggles at the at the defensive end. We'll have to develop on that end of the floor. And, you know, one thing they did not struggle to do last season was score the basketball. One thing that they did struggle to do was defend, especially in the fourth quarter, led to a lot of those close losses. So, you know, if, if they're not looking to address that in the draft, then they would definitely be looking to address that in free agency, you would think. Yeah, I mean, and we... we talked about this a little bit yesterday on our on our hilarious uh text exchange but they do need to add shooting too right so i mean if he slips down that far i think that's another reason they may not trade out of this is because there's so many guys depending on what mock draft you look at that are that are kind of slip sliding their way down towards the hornets right like if you look at you know sports illustrated mock draft last night they had dennis smith going all the way to 12 uh with the pistons going right past the hornets um, and they had marking in, you know, around, let's see here, seven. So, I mean, depending on where you look, like you could talk yourself into, uh, getting lucky on draft night, right. You know, being there and grabbing a guy that can make a difference. So, you know, um, I think that would, I think marketing or a guy like Dennis Smith would be a huge get at 11. And that's, a that's, it's not like a far-fetched, um, idea, right. I mean, they could have that happen. They could have some guys fall to him. Yeah, I mean the top the top ten is going to shift and and going to move, but I think if we learned anything from the Noah Vonley draft, it's that there's so much research around the especially these top ten, top fifteen guys that if a player like Dennis Smith who is consistently being projected at in the five to eight range, if a guy like Dennis Smith drops to eleven, then there well, there there may be some concern about uh, maybe the the injury that he sustained before uh, joining NC State. Uh, you know, well, there, there's something yep. going on. But you still take him, teams, Yeah, you absolutely you still take him. I still I mean, take him. I think that's a huge one. But look at the teams, Doug. You still you take him, and then you trick the Portland Trailblazers into giving you McCollum. <laughs> well, well, you well, got the king. Well, here's what you got going for you. You got the Kings picking twice in that top 10. So, and they're, top, and they're I think, picking five, right? So they're going to grab. You would think like a fox or 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 maybe someone else. If they get their point guard there, they're not going to shoot for him again at ten. And then you just kind of work your way down the board to see you know what the options are if he could fall. I mean, it's a possibility, but that's the thing. You just you you don't know if he fell to them at eleven though. That would be a win for the Hornets if they would pull the trigger on that. That's the, that's the thing. You you have a lot of teams now. Granted, being a Hornets fan, you can say that you can say this somewhat. You have a lot of teams that have suspect drafting records, basically picking before the book before the Hornets. Let me break down the the categories that I, I sort of have this. If they do pick at eleven, and you you tell me what you think about this, so they can either add more scoring, which they need, and and Markinen or or John Collins, which wouldn't be outside scoring necessarily. That's the problem at eleven. Not a ton of options in terms of just sort of dead eye shooting at eleven. Uh, add more athleticism with Dennis Smith, Donovan Mitchell, Jonathan Isaac, if he were to fall. Um, they could address a specific need with a guy like Zach Collins with his shot-blocking ability. Uh, E.K. Anagbogu 
again, shot blocking, rim protection, did a great job of that at UCLA, or they end up going with the, this is what I think is the least likely, is that they go with a draft and stash project like uh, Frank Nilakina or uh, Harry Giles. And a lot of concern around Harry Giles and his his uh, injuries that sort of derailed his ability to get playing time early on at Duke, and then they sort of got an established team together, and so you know he he sort of fell out of the rotation. Uh, but still, some injury concerns with him. Still waiting on some medical reports to come out, and a lot of it will have to do with you know how he performs at at different workouts. But I just think draft and stash not. Not necessarily an option for this Hornets team that's looking to get back to the playoffs immediately. No, but I mean, if Frank a definite uh, draft and stash, I mean, that's not a sign. It's not a done deal, though, right? I mean, because I think the Knicks are looking at him to maybe. Well, I guess it depends on who's drafting. He's him nineteen and what years him. old, has yeah. not played many games, and not only nineteen years old, but doesn't really have that much of a you know game record to look back on and uh really analyze because he struggled no. to get playing time at times overseas but that's the definite possibility of slotting him in as the backup point guard but then you have teams like the Knicks and Mavericks I think uh that are in front of the Hornets that do like him a lot so you know again he may not be there you mentioned Giles I don't think the Hornets can afford to take Giles just given the checkered past or you know the year that he had not even the checkered so question past. marks not even yeah, the yeah. pass, quite honestly. I, again, three knee surgeries? No, I'm 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 completely okay with passing on him. Completely yeah. okay. Uh, with, I think you have to be right because even when he played at Duke, like he did not look great. I mean, when he was out there now, like in limited minutes, um, you know, it's it's hard to tell anything. But with all those knee surgeries, I'm with you. It's just like you can't risk that at 11 uh, and no. it not working out. No, no, you, you don't. You cannot absolutely. There's n- absolutely no way you can draft draft Harry Giles. Not unless it's at 25 and you get a second and and you trade 41 and something else. There's no way that you can draft Harry Giles. Absolutely not. Not with three knee surgeries and limited offensive game at a pro at a semi pro level. You can't do it. I'm well, sorry. You're going to disappoint our first listener who emails in uh, saying, "Hey guys, first off, love the show." You're definitely a reason I've recently gotten into making podcasts. Oh, thanks. Carson is the one emailing wow. here. Second. Uh, Go for you, our spot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Carson, hey, calm down. Uh, <laughs> second, you guys always talk about the Hornets reaching for a tall white guy. Actually, we talk about people who talk about that. I don't really buy into that. <laughs> we just talk about people who talk about that. Um, uh, let's see. So maybe MJ picks a blue devil in the form of Harry Giles. He's a guy who came on late at Duke after the preseason injury. Uh, I like his size and versatility at 6'10 with good handles and the ability to do what the Hornets always seem to be looking for, develop a shot. He's a decent rim protector, and he could see some improvement there if he's able to add muscle to his frame. That phrase, add muscle to his frame, scares the hell out of me. I'm just, I, I just, should. I need, I need a player that, that has muscle already. He's, he's already stocked it on his frame. That's why I like it's Dennis Smith. That's why I like Donovan Mitchell. These guys who, yeah. they're just fully formed. I think it's a little bit what scares me about Zach Collins. If he weren't such a damn good shot blocker, it would scare me a little more. But I just um, I just feel like the Hornets could stand to draft a player who has the quote-unquote NBA-ready body. Hey, can I ask you guys about two local guys uh, that are shooters or were shooters last year and Luke Kennard and Justin Jackson of Duke in North Carolina, respectively? Not a lot of noise around this guy, surprisingly, given the fact that everyone thinks uh, MJ only drafts, uh, you know, guys from North Carolina. It's not true. So, 
which is absolutely no, no, false. No. It's a falsehood. He never has. <laughs> He's never rostered a draft pick from the University of North Carolina. Don't tell that so. to Sports Illustrated. Their no. post draft show was. Don't don't get in the way of, of, of fine humor. But um, it, 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 the one thing I, think, I would say, yeah, go about ahead. the one thing I would say about Kennard, and I was actually talking about this with the more uh, I was talking about this with Colin actually a couple um yeah, last night, and he makes a good point. Luke Kennard might be the safest bet in terms of the guy you kind of need. And I would almost call him Marco Bellinelli Jr. in that his strengths are he's going to be able to get his shot any place that he can. The problem is he might exacerbate a situation where the bench's perimeter defense was absolutely putrid. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Same thing with a guy like Justin Jackson. I like him. I think he's going to – actually, no, let me let me rewind that back just a second. I'm The one thing that terrifies me about Justin Jackson is outside of the three-point shot, what else does he bring offensively? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure that he's – he might be a league that's, average. That's why I, I think in this draft – you're you're better off looking for shot blocking because in this draft, I think with EK and with Zach Collins, if Collins is available, you can get cheap shot blocking. When I look at free agency, that just doesn't exist. The guys that can block shots, uh, the the centers in the power fours that can block shots are going to be incredibly expensive. They're not going to sign for the mid-level exception. I think you can get cheap shot blocking in the draft and you can find shooting with players who are ready for NBA defense. Now, you know, those, those shooters, wherever you find them, they, may, they might not be the best defenders, but they're veterans who have played NBA defense. When you go out and find these guys like Luke Kennard, you don't know what the speed of the NBA game is going to do to them defensively, even if they Agreed. have a little bit of defensive talent. Agreed. Agreed. And that's, what, that's my biggest concern about guys like Luke Kennard and Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson might be one of the better perimeter defenders with this, but Again, Luke Kennard scares me. He does. I I, I don't trust him. I, David, well, I think the, I th- David, I think I just sold myself on the Hornets trading back a few slots, uh, unloading a contract, and uh, selecting Ek Anagbogu and getting some shot blocking. <laughs> I think no, well, seriously, I think that's I think that's what I'm advocating you are for. Really, now. you are you are pretty. Uh, uh, you free up. You free. Listen, you listen, listen, listen. You free up a couple of million dollars to help you out in free agency. It, it may be the difference listen. between signing one uh, one extra player and you uh, get some shot blocking in the draft and you go after shooting in free agency. Tell me where I'm wrong. I'm I'm fine with going after shooting in free agency, but we need to. They need to get players on this roster that can play in a fast tempo, you know, up tempo NBA game because they don't have enough of those guys. And I like shot blocking too. But they need to get some guys, like you said, that are ready-made, like a Dennis Smith or someone else in that mold. I don't know that that's Justin Jackson. I think that um, the thing he does have going for him that is maybe coming back into, you know, pop is becoming popular again is drafting these guys who are juniors or seniors that have played a little bit more college ball, that are a little more seasoned, and that may be a little more ready to contribute right away. Like Brogdon last year um, had some success with the Bucks. I don't know that Justin Jackson – he doesn't create like Brogdon does, and they're not the same type of player. But he does have that experience, and he did develop that outside shooting. I just think, like Nada said, his ability to do other things and create for himself, much less other people, 
um, is is probably some of the drawbacks for him. And as well as his big hole is, you know, finishing at the rim, the athleticism um, around those, and you know, in the, in the paint against NBA players. He struggled with that in college. Here's what I want if they select at 11. I want a player that can play capably on both ends of the floor and that has a, a fully formed NBA body. I just want a complete order. You want a lot of stuff. I want to, no, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, no, no, I want to, I just want, I just want someone without a debilitating weakness or something that, that has a, you you know, a, a huge, I, well, listen, want. I just, this actually, this has to do with what happened to me last night. Okay. I ordered, I ordered uh, some takeout. Okay. From a Greek place to not to be named. And the, the order comes and I ordered a side order of pita bread and the order comes and I open it up and, and I don't, I didn't get my side order of pita bread. Not a big deal. Okay. But I, I, but it is, it's, it's like $3 side order of pita bread. So yeah, I called back and I said, Hey, wait, 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 hold on. $3. Of course it's a big deal. Well, okay. Exactly. So I called back and I said, well, I wasn't angry about it. I just wanted my pita bread. I wanted my complete order. And so I I said, um, hi, I, 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 you know, order takeout. I, I just ordered, uh, the delivery guy just came, but he left. I didn't get my pita bread and they go, uh, okay, we can credit you. Uh, for a pita bread next time. I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to call again. You guys may forget. I just, I would just like my pita bread now. And then I got put on hold and the manager comes on and asks me to check again. I'm like, okay, uh, okay. I checked, I, you know, okay, no, I didn't get my pita bread. Uh, okay. I get put on hold again. The general manager comes on. I'm now three levels deep into management at this point. Over $3 pita bread. Over $3 pita bread. <laughs> and the general manager asked me to check again. Oh, man, I was hot. How big was this bag? How many boxes were in there? I mean, there were, it's, I, we ordered three things, and they were all individually packaged. This was not... Okay. At oh, this wow. point, I'm I'm being accused of, of trying to, you know, cop some $3 pita yes. bread for free. I'm insulted. You should be. Anyhow, I got you my 30 minutes later I got Your my integrity my pita bread. Was questioned three so times. My point so is, my point is <laughs> after uh, 30 minutes later after I had talked to the owner of this establishment and the owner of the building in which they resided, I did get my pita bread and I just want my complete order. I don't want it. I don't you're want not it. And, get, and they no, said, they said, not at 11. Well, listen, well, listen, they said, they said, we can credit you. That's the same thing as, as waiting on a player to develop. They said, I'll credit you for the next time. It's like, no, you're going to forget. You're going to forget it's my Peter. Draft. You're drafting at 11. You're drafting in 2017. You're not going to get your Peter bread. They don't give Peter bread out anymore in the, in the draft. I gotta, you know, I gotta read this. I gotta read this email from Daniel. Uh, Daniel says, "You guys mentioned Donovan Mitchell as a solid prospect for the Bugs on yesterday's podcast. I couldn't agree more. The Hornets' social media team actually interviewed him at the combine. In the interview, he stated, quote, Kimba's a New York guard. I feel like the Hornets need that one guard who comes off the bench and you know is able to knock, knock down shots and also back up Kemba. And I feel like I could create that role and, and play defense and get on the floor well. You know, in fact, that my dad played in Charlotte, would be pretty cool as well. You know, like, but um, I just really want to find a team that, that is a perfect fit for me and I'm a perfect fit for them. I really like his comments. If we draft Collins with Mitchell uh, available. I will light a bag of poop on fire on Rich Cho's doorstep and cry in the fetal, fetal position for days. First things first, let's not let's not get arrested for vandalism over the NBA draft. Let, 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 let me get that out the, out the way. I like Donovan Mitchell. He called it I poop. I do think that, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, but still, that's worse than 30 minutes than, than, than being on the phone for 30 minutes and over pita bread. But, but at the same time, I would say this, though. I like Donovan mentioned the size issue, though. It's going to be a small backcourt. It's a very small backcourt coming off the bench. I, I, wor- I do worry about that, and that's one of the big things. Wingspan, be damned. But... He's still he's I, still trying to develop as a point guard. I think that's key. That's he's sort thing. of he's sort of in this middle ground. I really I mean his measurables were off the charts. We talked about that on the previous podcast that it, at the combine Draft Express called him, you know, the the best physical specimen that was there. I mean, he's got the size well, he's got the, the the bulk and the strength to finish through contact, but there's a lot of questions as he is still learning the point guard position and we we got a full taste of of what Clifford does with players that are learning the point guard position. He just does not have yeah. a long leash for that, does not have a lot of patience for that. So I think that would be a struggle in terms of him coming in and having an immediate impact. Hey, I've got a question for you guys around drafting a point guard because I was I got this question posed to me when I was talking about Smith perhaps dropping to the Hornets. I, I'm not concerned about fit at all in this draft. I'm getting the best player available if I stay at 11. So Kemba playing with Dennis Smith, whether that's Smith backing him up or like playing a Jeremy Lin type role where they play together a little bit. And and if you want to talk about someone else, you don't have to talk about Smith specifically, but are you guys worried about fit or, or, you know, uh, drafting a elite point guard? No, I am. I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm not. I'm why? Because at some point it's going to be a situation where, where you are going to have to either move one, it's it's gonna again and Boston has great. That, it's funny because Boston has that same is gonna have that same yeah issue with faults. Yeah. they don't seem perfect worried. perfect you because here's the bottom line you end up with a better player yeah I just I, they what's, need to what's, have what's the, better, the, the best that? player than they can in my opinion and you, and and, I, and I, if I, I'm if I'm being sort of just very casual, cru- yeah just yeah. very cruel about this it's like you've got Kimba Walker coming up on a contract situation so it's not like you've just invested you know twenty million dollars a year in Kimba Walker. I mean, on a max know, contract situation, right. too, I might add. So, oh, yeah. so that's what I'm saying. So you've got that, you know, if they were to make that move, then then again, you end up with a better player. If it's Kimball Walker and the other player, uh, you know, flames out, then so be it. But you end up with a better player. We also know what, what Cliff does to rookie point guards. That's the one thing I do worry about with a guy like Smith or if one yeah. if, is that if you can't do a specific skill set, he generally doesn't have a use for you. Yeah, and I thought. Yeah, I thought the same thing too. But he played Lamb and Bellinelli a lot this year. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I, I, out of necessity. Yeah, out of necessity. yeah. Well, uh, d- let's before we get out of here, we're running out of time. I want to talk about the actual lottery there's so, show. There's so much to talk about. First of all, ESPN lied about the coverage time. Let's just be real about it. Uh, they said eight o'clock p.m. It was it was a a pregame really show NBA countdown. Yeah. It was not – I'm very upset about that. So that's number of one. No, number two, David, I know you had some issues with this show or, or some things to talk about. Well, didn't they used to do like a tracker of the scenarios, right? Like a live, um, real-time, 
you know, if a team jumps, right? Like yeah. the, last night they had, yeah. they had, they had the, I guess it was Mark's, Mark, Mark Smith maybe that was doing the coverage. He was like, okay, now that means this, but they used to have a visual of it, which makes so much more it's sense. It's pretty no easy can, these days, right? To make a graphic. Did they, did they lay that yeah. guy off too? Like, I mean, what, like, isn't it easy? Isn't it, isn't it easy? <laughs> Sensitive subject. Isn't it easy to put up a graphic that says the pick should have gone to a, it went right. to B. So that, and there were so many moving parts that was missing a little bit last night. Um, I did a couple of the reactions. I thoroughly enjoyed Alonzo morning. Do you think they could reconsider, uh, re- or, you know, redrawing the heat when they saw his reaction? He looked like he was about to, looked like he was about to punch somebody. Well, he recreated uh, the gif, you know, the famous gif of him on the, on the heat bench. Yeah. 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 That was brilliant. Yeah. That, that was kind of <laughs> bad. Like, Quite quite honestly, when I saw that, I was like, you know what? Alonzo's probably thinking they brought me all the way up to New York for this just to get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, I'd have exactly. been upset too. I'd have been upset too. Uh, the player um, interviews. We got to talk about the player interview or the, why, the prospect why? interviews, like so, Markel so, Fultz. So the, pros- so the prospects go to the draft lottery, super but weird, not to the combine. <laughs> They're like well, you a, sell yourself. They're like an yes, NBA. Oh. They're like an NBA two K seventeen cutscene. So, oh, no. so Prez, so Prez, what do you think about, but the people they're watching them, like the people that may like Rich Cho is the general manager that they, he may make the decision on, on someone to draft and you, you have them sort of right there. It's, it's tense. It's a weird, that's a weird setup. Though, they all they said, they all said pick and roll. They all managed to get pick and roll into their interview. I'm just a great pick and roll player. They know, they know the NBA. They know what to of say. Of course they do. I'll tell you what, though, like as much as we bag on the lottery and how it screws up everybody and how it's fixed, like that show, the idea of it and the drama of it. I mean, it gets me every time because I was I was on pins and needles, even though I knew the Hornets were going to get 11 and and everything stayed pretty much the course. It was it's still like an entertaining watch. How do you how do you feel about the Celtics and Lakers going one, two in the draft? A lot of talk about the lottery being rigged because the Lakers did not fall out of the of the top three. And instead, moved up one position. I mean, anyone that thought the Lakers were falling out of the top three was <laughs> in for a long night. I mean, that was like honestly, that was the only thing you were watching it for. Really, is just to see if the Lakers would really be screwed over. That was the main yeah. reason I was watching. I was rooting against it, but you know what? Was I disappointed? No. More yeah. importantly, anyone that thinks it's rigged, they have the full video on the website on the NBA website now. Oh, so, sure, they uh, do. Sure, that yeah, you can't you yeah, can't edit video at all. I'll say that for the coverage. We don't. We don't need all the behind the scenes, like explanation of the big board and the the, the numeric possibilities and the, the GMs putting their cell phones. The live, the, the live studio the audience is the best. Like they can cut it back just a little bit. I mean, I, I like it, but let's get to the picks. Uh, I, I really felt like that if the, if the Hornets would have snuck into the top three, that would be rock solid proof the lottery was rigged because Michael Jordan has done yeah. Adam Silver yeah. and the league several solids. Over the past yeah. few seasons, or really, and just this past season, with the CBA, with the Oakley, the Oakley situation, HB two. You're right. I didn't even think about that. I yeah, mean, it would have screwed been. again. When we screwed, we, we got screwed again. Don't start this. <laughs> Don't start this. All right, really quick Please, bef- no. before before we get out of here, I got to read some of these tweets. Uh, just I'm gonna just kind of blast through these. Uh, I tweeted out from the Locked On Hornets uh, at Locked On Hornets on Twitter. So at the 11th pick, the Hornets will select. And Patrick says, I don't think Zach Collins will be there when we select. I really think it's going to be Harry Giles. Uh, Spencer jokingly tweeting Kennedy Meeks. Uh, Robert saying Frank Nilakina. The Real Nate saying Jarrett Allen. 
Daniel saying Donovan or OG Ananubi, uh, Luke Kennard, John Collins. I mean, every one of these is different. This is going to be a tough, Mm -hmm. tough selection. And of course, a lot of white guy jokes, a lot of tall white guy jokes. They're everywhere. Mm Um, all yeah, right, they're, guys. They're, they're, the tall white guy jokes are original. Still, uh, it's somehow. totally, it's totally yeah, cool. It's um, uh, yeah. Let's see. Final words, Nada. Um, this is going to be a fun ride because this is this is like the season finale of the, the this year's Hornets. We don't know if they're going to trade the pick, keep the pick, who the pick is going to be. It's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see this. And you know what? It, it, I can't wait. I can't wait. David. I got nothing better to do but to watch. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. I would say if, if history has shown us anything with Hornets draft picks, it's that we have no clue what's going to happen. Because I don't remember one year in the past couple of years with Cho where any of these mock drafts have been dead on. And the scenarios that everyone thought was going to happen actually ended up playing out. So I wouldn't get too caught up in what the mocks are saying because on draft night, I think it's going to be – it could be – we could be in for a little ride. My final word is that the draft takes place on June 22nd. So we are more than a month away from the draft taking place. A lot of things are going to change and shift. We are just beginning the workout process. Locked on Hornets is going to take you all the way through that. We are going to have daily analysis and profiles of these draft picks. Plus, we will be covering these workouts that the Hornets get. Hopefully, they get some workouts for for some of these top guys. Uh, We'll keep you abreast of that and much, much more. So if you haven't subscribed, please go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to us. Give us a rating. And most importantly, please tell your friends where they can get the best daily uh, draft analysis anywhere for the Charlotte Hornets. Thanks so much for listening. Of course, thanks to um, my friends David and Nada for joining me here. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Shoot us your Hornets questions to uh, buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com or you can go to the contact page on LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with much more. For David and Nada, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked on Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m.